Welcome to Green Focus, a new podcast that aims to discover and showcase transformative Israeli green technology in order to understand it better and help leverage this technology to make a positive impact on our planet. Each episode will take a fresh look at the innovation and business impact happening in the green tech sector with guests including VCs, founders, technologists, and climate activists. In these conversations, we aim to discuss the pathways for leveraging cutting-edge innovation to attract investment and do business globally. And now, introducing the host of Green Focus and CEO of Focus IP, Yaron Damelin. Welcome to another episode of Need Focus podcast, hosted by me, Yaron Demlin. Uh, we're an IP management consultancy based in Israel, and on a major pivot to help sustain the world better by leveraging great IP. But part of the process is really trying to get inside the headspace of people very connected with the sustainability technology ecosystem here in Israel. Okay. So about that, I'm very happy to have Eli Simbalista today on the show. Eli, you've got a rich, rich background, uh, both across corporate and government sectors. Uh, we're going to hear a bit about more, more about that. Um, and you're at the moment Chief Executive Officer of ESIL, Environmental Sustainability Innovation Lab. Um, that's such, like, it sounds like the coolest job in the world, actually. Okay, it sounds like a very cool place to be. Um, but just like going back, I can see that you've got, as I said, rich experience, um, you know, being a consultant, being an analyst, being a business development manager, um, you know, the corporate sector, the funding sector, the government sector. It's like really quite exciting. Um, and then you've made oh, your pivot to ESIL. Excuse me, that is a mosquito. I love mosquitoes, but um, they are part of the environment, but they just drive me crazy. So excuse that. Um, <laughs> Your latest pivot is to ESIL, um, you know, and you're connected ESIL. You can tell me a little bit more about it, but you're connected to a couple of like leading world uh, kind of brands uh, in terms of the space of development of products and markets. And so how about you starting off just telling me a little bit about ESIL. If you want to tell me more about your backgrounds, that's relevant for the conversation. That's also fine. Uh, let's see what you guys are doing and what's your vision? What are you looking to do and make an impact? Okay, so first of all, thank you very much for this uh, opportunity uh, to join your podcast. Um, and maybe I'll, I'll start with a very, very, very short uh, introduction about myself, uh, as I think uh, it's probably um, uh, relevant for, for, for what we are doing uh, here uh, today. So way back in 2007, that's where I actually started my professional career. Um, I joined a uh, small VC that was... Uh, investing in the fields of uh, clean technologies and, uh, and the medical devices. And I was charged of the clean tech uh, aspect, um, uh, mostly Israeli-related uh, startups. Um, so that, that's when I started my, uh, uh, my engagement with this, um, with this uh, ecosystem. I've uh, been there for a few years uh, through the crash um, of uh, 2008. Um, uh, prior to that, I, I joined some kind of a high-tech company in the fields of financial performance management. And right after that, I, I went to the public sector. I was part of the uh, Public Utilities Authority. That was the, that's the um, authority charge of setting the tariff and in charge of the, of, the, of the electrical market in general. 
Um, so that's another place where I got the better and the deeper understanding of the of the energy uh, sector here in Israel and the, the more from the regulation side. Um, uh, two years there, and then I went to the public uh, companies uh, authority. That's a unit within the, um, the Department of, uh, of Finance, the Ministry of Finance, uh, that is uh, essentially charged for the for the companies owned by the by the state of Israel. Um, I was also nominated to be uh, part of the board of directors of some of the biggest companies in Israel, the the, the energy the energy ones. Uh, uh, or energy-related utility ones. Uh, that was uh, part of the board of the members of the water company, Mekorot, Gas, the gas company, and Tashan, the, the petroleum uh, uh, oil company. Um, and in it, besides that, I was also a business development uh, manager for the public uh, companies authority. Um, and that's where I formed a project, uh, a huge project, of starting and trying to get the uh, uh, government-owned companies to engage with the startup uh, um, uh, community and, and ecosystem. Um, the truth of the matter is that um, the idea and uh, the, the, the I was very keen about it was because of my experience in this uh, in my previous job as part of this uh, um, VC that I was part of uh, way back in 2007. So we had uh, we had a, a very interesting startup in the fields of um, what we call the smart grid, um, utilizing the energy, the electricity sector, and this was a very interesting startup that uh, we thought that the IEC Israel uh, electricity company would be interested in. So as you know, Israel is a very small ecosystem, so easy to get anybody you want and uh, connect. So it didn't take us a long time to find ourselves uh, sitting in the and the meetings room of IEC together with the CTO of the company and his entire uh, uh, people uh, or group of people uh, uh, to evaluate the startup. And uh, they asked all these questions and they took the answer all these answers. And they got convinced that this is a very interesting thing to do. And so when the meeting ends, it uh, seems to be very successful. So I asked them, okay, what's next? How do we get to do a pilot within the AA? I see, and everybody still looked at each other, and they, they said the truth of the matter is uh, this might be a problem. We don't really have the right uh, uh, mechanism in order to do this. Uh, you have to be at a certain stage. You have to be with a certain amount of uh, backing uh, financially. Uh, uh, this is some kind of a contract. We are owned by the state of Israel. We can't just do whatever we want with any startup. We have to think to see how exactly we form this kind of a relationship. And at the same time, I managed to make relations with uh, a small utility in the west of, uh, of the United States called San Diego Gas and Electric, uh, which is probably at least a few times bigger than I see in terms of the amount of uh, households that, that they, that they, uh, uh, that they um, uh, clients. And uh, they said, uh, come here and we want to evaluate the startup as well. So we went to the US, they asked the same questions, they answered the same answers. But uh, it ended up by the fact that they managed to give us a backyard place to play with this uh, with this uh, 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 initiative because they had the facilities, they had the, the mechanism for doing uh, engagements with startups. And I said to myself, it's unbelievable that I have to go all the way to the other end of, uh, of the world in order to, to test uh, an Israeli startup and have these facilities right here in Israel. 
and that stayed in the back of my mind. So eventually, when I became part of the public utilities of poverty, and I had this opportunity to, um, as a business development manager, there to, to conduct some kind of a, 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 a project that would be a fourth project for all utilities, for all, uh, for all governmental companies. I said that uh, innovation uh, within the, the governmental companies, uh, enabling uh, them and enabling the startups to conduct policy, et cetera, would be something that I would be happy to leave behind me when I leave this, uh, this place. And that's exactly what happened. So I, uh, 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 as part of this project, I, I came out with a call to the, to the governmental companies to start forming uh, innovation, uh, innovation mechanisms and, 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 and appointing innovation managers and, and building strategies for innovation and for, 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 for doing all kinds of uh, engagement with, uh, with startups, uh, et cetera. I, I passed the government decision that enabled this, uh, the governmental companies to, to invest directly in startups, something they weren't allowed to do before, um, trying to, you know, to bring them closer to the, to the, to the real uh, business, or the way business uh, world uh, acts uh, today. Um, I had another uh, uh, program that I set together with the IAA, Innovation Authority, Israeli Innovation Authority, uh, uh, for supporting startups and pilots that would be within uh, these government-owned companies. I said, so that's what I've been doing there for a few years, uh, uh, aside to being a board member uh, within these companies that I, I said, uh, that I, I mentioned before. And um, the truth of the matter is that also, uh, as being a board member, it helped me encourage these specific companies that I was a board member of. To be the first ones to adopt the, the decision, the the, the, the government decision uh, that I passed, uh, uh, and forming these new uh, these new um, uh, innovation um, uh, departments within them. Um, uh, I after I think only six years, I left uh, uh, government uh, on the company's uh, authority uh, to become uh, the CEO of ESL. So uh, what's ESL? Um, uh, ESAL well, is a... let, me, let me ask a question or two before you get into the current stuff, right? So one question I had during the discussion was that when you were doing like tariff development and working out the economics of the electric uh, system in Israel, and I'm asking myself, what's there to do there? Because we're still left with a monopoly, okay? At the end of the day, we've got one electric company, uh, they're ruling the environment. Now we've got all these promises for the future when we'll be able to open up the market and do all types of things. Um, but like what exactly at that juncture was your challenge and what was what was your your role uh, in terms of playing with all these kind of economic tariff questions so many years before we were talking about breaking down the monopoly? That's a great question. At the end of the day, everybody has incentives, okay? And it's all a question of um, priorities. Um, you only, also in a monopoly, uh, you might have to cause different incentives. If in the open market, in the um, competitive market, the incentive is to be the competitive and getting advantage over uh, your competitors. So in a monopoly market, you have to, you might need to create other incentives in order to enable the monopoly to, 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 to act and work in the same way you would like him to work at the um, competitive uh, market. And since these uh, monopolies are highly regulated, so you could use the regulator in order to give them the right incentive. I'll go all the way to the most basic incentive. Um, 
the way these government-owned companies give their bonuses to the managements, okay, also has to be approved by the regulator. So I could tell them if you want to give bonuses to your managers, if you want to get your yearly bonus, you have to show me some kind of uh, progress in developing this plan of uh, innovation or, or nominating an innovation uh, uh, a manager and showing me the innovation plan, etc. So there are many ways to give incentives to uh, people, to organizations, to corporates, to do all kinds of things you want them to do. Um, this, this monopoly, uh, these monopolies are, as I said, are regulated, and, and this is it is a challenge. I'm not saying it's not because you don't have the competitive market uh, uh, way of, of of helping them uh, to to advance, but there are other ways to give them the right incentive. Uh, besides the fact that I, I, I got, I've got to admit that the board of directors, <clears throat> sorry, the board of directors of, of these companies are people who do it uh, mainly volunteering uh, um, basis, and and they come from the private set. Most of them come from the private sector, and from uh, other business related um, organizations, and they know how to be more business oriented. Um, and when they when they see these kinds of uh, decisions and these kinds of, uh, of uh, incentives uh, by or, or that uh, the overall um, uh, outreach and outlook of the government-owned uh, the government-owned authority uh, companies authority is, is looking at so um, they understand and they, they, they try to push the management to do to, to, to do the same uh, so so it's a combination it's the combination of uh, <clears throat> trying to get everybody on board um, uh, by the way, one of the challenges is actually not the company itself, but other regulators who are not business oriented. And now to go and convince the uh, uh, utility authority, the, the electricity authority, to set within the tariff a few more cents in order to give this incentive to, to nominate an innovation manager when they don't see the exact outcome of it within the, the very early, uh, you know, short, short term, that's something that might be even more <clears throat> challenging than, <clears throat> sorry, than convincing the, the company itself. Because at the end of the day, the income of the electricity company comes from its tariff and they, they are not, uh, they're not in charge of setting the tariff. So if I have to tell them to now nominate a new manager and I give them uh, the incentive to do it, they also have to say, okay, where am I, where am I going to pay them from? Okay, so I need the tariff to be, uh, uh, to be also, uh, to, to adapt also this uh, methodology of yours. So I had to go also to the utility authority and since I know exactly how they think, I, I know how to talk to them and, and, and I managed to convince them as well. But it was easier maybe if the utility authority, the electricity authority, but it wasn't easy with the water authority, for instance, because their relationship with McCord is a bit different than the relation, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of things here we could talk okay, about. So, so, so this emphasizes, this emphasizes exactly why I was excited to speak to you, because there's this whole complexity behind the scenes. One thing I learned from your response previously was that be there a large monopoly like electric company in the scene, it doesn't mean it's the end of all the potential. You can actually work with them in really concentrated ways to make change. Um, it reminds me actually when I was, it reminds me a little bit, when I, a few years ago, quite a few years ago, I was the IP manager for Mayet Communications, uh, an internet of uh, communication lines technology. And I just remember the funny feeling that once after a bit of time, I said to the guys, how is XYZ working? 
and they said, come onto the roof. So I walk into the roof over there and they actually had this whole big setup on the roof because they especially chose that building because it was a roof which was near a, you know, a supply line of electricity. And they were just doing experiments. They were like, it was like a great fun zone of experimentation. And the electric company didn't seem to mind. They were like kind of just saying, okay, you know, you, you want to work with this. Obviously they knew that if internet would go over power lines, it would be a fantastic bonus for them. So maybe that was why. But it's, it's just fascinating to work with these big corporates um, and, and work up the dynamics. I mean, as you mentioned before, almost, is the water authority, right? This is the transportation ministry. So transportation ministry, on the one hand, earn massive tax money from buying new cars and taxes. And every new electric vehicle goes on the road, they've got huge taxes to gain. And, and, they, and they want to just push more vehicles into the market. And then you've got the environmental ministry wanting to minimize the vehicles because it's causing chaos. And then you've got the electric company who actually want to go electric because every single car that's being charged is massive, massively boosting their, their output. So that's why I need guys like you there. And I'm, I, I'd, I'd love to just say, welcome, you're on the team, man. So like, you know, you're on the right side. So um, anyway, it's just good to hear this, but I want to look, I want to learn more about it. Just one more point before carrying on. I haven't even got to, to ESOL yet. Um, it's just like the, yeah, let's go, let's go straight to ESOL, I think, actually, because we're going to just take up too much time on the other questions. I'll try to get to them. So you finally get to ESOL and you've gone through all this experience. What is ESOL doing that's trying to um, advance this program even further in your unique way? So, so at the end of the day, ESL is just like any other incubator, I would say. Okay, we support and finance the startups at the uh, pretty much early uh, stage uh, development. Uh, when I talk about early stage, I'm talking mainly about the stage of the technology, uh, technological uh, development. That's where we are very, 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 very well focused. Um, uh, so, so not necessarily it would be early stage in terms of financing, but it would be early stage in terms of, uh, of, um, of technological development. And as you probably know that as opposed to other markets as a uh, cyber, uh, 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 fintech, uh, uh, et cetera, which uh, the cycles could be much faster within the, um, the, the energy and, 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 and environmental sustainability uh, 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 ecosystem uh, um, which we call uh, more deep technologies. Uh, the cycles can be a little bit uh, longer because we are talking about developments to do with uh, physics, uh, uh, chemistry, biology, etc. Uh, so, so developments take, take uh, quite a long time and need to allocate a lot of funds. Um, um, we, with our partners, which I didn't even mention their name yet, names yet, uh, we we claim that we could help startups. Um, emerge and develop the technology uh, in a faster way, um, getting closer to the market with the support that we uh, give them. Uh, again, also financially, but mostly with uh, with uh, our experts and expertise within the specific uh, fields that we are uh, acting in, and, and that these startups uh, we try to to attract. So, so, so SEO is, is is actually is a partnership that was. Um, Founded by, by three three partners, uh, you have Bazan from Israel, which we might talk about a little bit more later. Um, that's uh, the, the Israeli largest petrochemical uh, group. Um, you have uh, EDF uh, from France, it's a subsidiary EDF Renewables that also has a branch in Israel, which uh, um, which uh, is the largest uh, industry scale uh, PV plant uh, in Israel with almost 500 megawatt uh, 
and um, management. Um, and the third company, which is less known here in Israel, but it's a large corporate from uh, the UK, and it uh, has 10 times as much more um, employees than uh, Bazan, for instance, is called uh, Johnson Mathe. Johnson Mathe is a UK-based uh, corporate. Um, the most known product, now is sustainability technologies in general uh, to, to, to deal with, uh, with, uh, uh, with, with different uh, pollutions, uh, et cetera. It's a chemistry group. Uh, the main product is the um, catalytic converter for, for, for vehicles. Um, one third of the, one, one, one out of every three cars in the world has their uh, uh, converter. So they're like the biggest um, supplier of, uh, of converters, of, of, of catalytic converters. Uh, they also uh, uh, they are also a player in the field of uh, hydrogen production, um, not necessarily green hydrogen, which is a new thing, but they're also um, uh, previously uh, the, 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 the blue and gray uh, hydrogen. Uh, they provide the technologies to, uh, to, to create, uh, <clears throat> create hydrogen. Uh, they'll play uh, fuel cells, uh, battery materials, etc. Um, uh, 1,700 uh, PhDs and uh, researchers, uh, R&D people. Uh, in the UK, and they're a very, very good uh, <clears throat> partner of ours. So what we do is uh, we, we we try to attract uh, startups uh, within uh, the fields of uh, uh, general, uh, you know, uh, uh, clean energy, uh, um, anything that has to do to relate with the core business of any one of these three uh, companies, uh, core business in terms of, uh, of the future, of course. I'm not talking about uh, the refinery uh, and the business of uh, refining for, for, for Bazan. Um, yeah, but I'm talking about more the, 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 the clean and, and greener uh, future that they, uh, they vision as well. Um, and we partner with, with, with startups, uh, helping them, supporting them both with their funds and, um, and with uh, expertise, uh, facilities to conduct pilots, uh, et cetera. Um, this entire um, partnership with ESL is supported by the IAA itself. Um, the startups that both ESL itself and the startups that join ESL are supported also by the IAA, Israel Innovation Authority. Um, the, the general program of joining ESL is a one-year program for one million shekels of funds. And on top of these one million shekels that, we, that the startup gets, we also uh, uh, give them all the surrounding support with the expertise, mentoring, uh, facilities for conducting pilots, uh, et cetera. There's an option for a second year for an additional million shekels um, uh, in, in order to, to, to keep the development. And as, we as I said, our focus is on getting a startup at a very specific TRL, for instance, two to three, and helping it within one year move to TRL four, five, or six. Um, in, in bringing them to a better place that when we fundraise his next uh, round, he already has uh, a technology that he could demonstrate on a high level, on a scale level. Um, <clears throat> and we keep uh, supporting these startups even after they, uh, of course, leave uh, ESAL and um, see ourselves as uh, very close partners to these startups. We are not a financial investor, we are a strategic investor, um, very, very hands on the startups uh, that, uh, that join us. Um, so far, we've invested in five different uh, startups. Uh, <clears throat> this is over a period of, uh, I would say, less than two years. I mean, we started operating exactly two years from now uh, ago, sorry, but uh, it took us almost a year until we uh, started uh, actually bringing in startups. So the first investments was done were done uh, exactly a year for, uh, ago, 
um, June 2, 2021, um, the, the first two uh, investments. Um, uh, and, and since then we joined three more joined uh, our portfolio and we have now in our pipeline a few more very interesting uh, startups. Um, if I need to speak about the motivation of uh, the different partners of the ESIL, so there was quite a, a small difference between them. Uh, all of them are very, very large corporates uh, that at the end of the day want to be with uh, uh, some kind of a competitive edge uh, uh, in the market that they're operating it at, but there's still some kind of nuances and, um, and, and differences in the motivation. For instance, uh, Bazana, you would probably ask what, uh, what would uh, uh, a refinery that, uh, uh, that mostly deals with make fossil, fossil fuels. fuels. <laughs> exactly, fossil yes. fuels. What do they have to do with the clean energy? So the answer is, is, is pretty obvious, I would say, because they understand that, you know, notwithstanding their own uh, business, it's only a question of time until the, the use of fossil fuels will go or decline. So if they want to be alive business-wise, they have to think about the future. And they actually came out with a new strategy uh, last year, uh, talking about being the biggest player of hydrogen here in Israel. So when people ask me about Bazan, how, do I, how does Bazan support such kind of, uh, of, uh, of activities if it's not just uh, greenwash, uh, et cetera? So the, truth of, so the truth of the matter is that it's, of course, it's not greenwash. I mean, if they want to be relevant five and 10 years from now, they have to find their other path uh, uh, to use their assets in, 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 in a more clean and greener way. Besides yeah. the fact that it doesn't say anywhere in their uh, goals and vision that they're supposed to pollute as many pollutes, pollutions as possible. That's not their goal. Their goal is to, you know, to take crude oil and, 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 and make all kinds of products out of it. If they could do it in a more, in a cleaner, in a more environmental friendly way, they would be happy to do so. The, so the idea is that they don't have a, they don't have a, any, any, you know, any goal for polluting. Uh, so, 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 okay, so Eli, I'm going to have to challenge you over here, okay? Not, not a serious challenge, just a mini challenge. But one of my questions exactly in going forward was, what's it like working with the Zan Group as in, in the moral sense? Like, like you're talking about companies that have had a lot of part in creating fossil fuels and still do today. Now, it's not unique that Bazana wanted to go over to the other side and start investing in, in new green tech ventures. I think most um, electric companies are doing that because that's where they see the future. But you're going to come to a certain critical path where, it's, um, where you're going to make painful decisions and you're going to give up on readily available kind of revenue streams in order to stream investments and money in terms of for, for future development for values on the, in, the, in, the, in the direction of values as opposed to just economic gains. And so I think at the end of the day, it's going to come up to, uh, it's going to flag every company and say, how much are you really caring about this? As you said, not just greenwashing. Um, are you really, have you put people in there? Are you employing people? Are you building, putting in board members who really are concerned with the world and not just with their financial revenues? Um, and this, uh, you know, so I, I, let me just give you a story. I mean, I, I know... When I started moving into the field, I had this kind of dizziness, you know, who are we going to work with? There's like these, there's this ugliness that's built into the current system of doom and destruction, so to speak. And it took me a lot of processing to kind of um, start getting on top of this thing and saying, no, 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 you see, we're living in, let's be slightly realistic, all right? There are big players with big pockets and with big resources, and we got to, um, as a mission, bring 
the old players on board with the new mission. We can't just go and just, uh, you know, give Musal and give, uh, you know, punishment all the time and sanctions. We've got to bring people on board. And so the big companies and the bigger they are, they need to be brought on board. And I'm hoping that part of what you've done over the years, what I'm trying to do now is educationally and conscious wise to bring more people to the table, to bring, you know, all the players together in the room, to sit around the table in a cultured way to kind of come up with better strategies. Anyway, so the, the seriousness of such uh, entities will be seen over the time. Um, and uh, anyway, that was just me venting to some degree uh, and wondering uh, and, quite in, and quite curious to see how these lines are gonna play out. But I, I truly res respect that. I think, I think everyone needs to be brought to the table with these challenges and let them, let them put their best brains forward and their best resources forward to try and make it work better, okay, in terms of the futuristic side. Um, I wanted to just throw out one other like, kind of personal take on this thing. You mentioned in your response previously, like, you know, we've got a different set of challenges in, in the green tech sector. We've got these like kind of long, long-term changes we're trying to make. Um, we've got huge, massive systems with their own uh, energies, which we need to reach. We need to change directions. We need to change infrastructure. These are big, long-term projects. Me personally, I just turned 50, okay, a few weeks ago. And part of my midlife crisis was trying to work out, okay, what now, right? I'm not, I'm not retiring. I'm looking to build a whole, new, uh, a whole new thing. And when I think about my kind of next part of my career, it kind of aligns with the 2050 vision of zero carbon. It's like, by the time I'm kind of starting to slow down a bit uh, or whatever it's going to mean, uh, the world should be hopefully pretty much at zero carbon if, uh, if we believe all the all the theories and what we're trying to achieve in this lobby. So it got me thinking, you know, how, how can I, what can I do to build a career that's going to be, as I said, it's long-term thinking, it's about 20 years or so of pushing the world in a certain direction, taking on the giants, changing our environment as we know it and changing our infrastructure as we know it. These are big challenges. So when I get down to your question, when you take a little start, now this is my scenario. Okay, well, I know we're speaking for long time. Sorry, let me give you a story instead of throwing you little questions. A startup comes to me today, and it happens because I do patents and IP. They come and they say, yeah, I've got an invention. Some of them come with a high-tech invention, some of them with a low-tech invention. But the invention has got to be something that wants to change the world in a positive, sustainable kind of way. Now, they come to me and they say, I've got a product. Um, I've got a possible low-tech line of take it to market and quickly see if this thing's needed. It will work and people want it. Or I've got a high-tech version and making it smart and making it advanced and making it big data and giving it AI. Um, and I turn to you, Ellie, and I say, Ellie, give me some guidance for these people out there. This startup, should they go for the short thing, the long thing? Should they try and do a hybrid of short and long? Uh, where is the funding available for what type of project? What is the time horizon they have to look at? What homework should they do before they come to someone like you guys with your partners uh, or, or, or the, you know, the or horizon or the, uh, you know, the authorities and say, help me when I start, I want to sincerely change the world. I want to make it greener and better and cleaner. Ellie, where do I start? Okay, so you, you started with one thing and you ended up with a different thing. Correct, um, you're listening. <laughs> uh, yes, so I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just uh, want to say a few, you know, a few words about, about what you said before. Um, there's a there's a very deep assumption in what you said uh, before that there was some kind of a conflict 
between what's the right thing to do, uh, what's the good thing to do, and what's the uh, uh, revenue thing to do, okay? And I think we are not in that conflict anymore because the idea today is that as opposed to the past where you had all these organizations that told you that in order for you to be able to save the world, in, in order to be a, to have a better planet you know, to, to live at, you need to reduce your quality of life, uh, for instance, by not eating meat or by not using the public transport or not your own car and public transportation. You had to sacrifice something, okay? And, and, and that was the way they told you that you would be able to help and, 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 and make this world more sustainable. So today, the, the world goes to a place where we try to offer solutions that will help you keep the same quality of life with using technology and still saving the world and being sustainable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we are trying to, this conflict, to, to, to break this conflict, okay? And once you break the conflict, you, you, you won't have the problem anymore uh, because it will all be with the same, everybody will have the same interest. Like you all go to the same place. I do, I have a technological uh, development that enables me to both save the world and high, uh, get high profits and, and revenues, etc. Bazan isn't the first uh, uh, a company to, to, to start this uh, trend, okay, of becoming green, okay? They are joining the trend and they see how it goes along with being profitable, revenues, etc., etc. If you talk to me uh, psychologically and I go to the private person that works within Bazan, they will all tell me that they would be very, very happy to support and to be part of a better world. They think like you and like me that we need to go to a better and a greener world, okay? But that doesn't mean that that, that means that we have to stop in one day uh, all the refineries and, 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 and stop producing plastic and stop paving roads uh, with, uh, with, uh, with, with the materials that are being, that are being made out of oil, etc. These things will be done step by step, and they would be very happy to be part of it. Uh, and you could see it by coming along to Bazan and, and seeing all these different pilots that are being done with startups, knowing that some of them won't last. Okay, they put a lot of efforts and a lot of funds into this thing. They do it in a you know risk management uh, uh, way, like any other kind of uh, business. Uh, but and of course, they have to take into account their own, uh, you know, uh, uh, financial status, et cetera, because none, you know, organization or corporate won't be able to last for too long if it doesn't take into account its costs and, and, and income, okay? So that's being done like any other kind of organization. And, and but if I speak to the personal people who lead Bazan, they will, they are all very, and, and some of them are very passionate, okay, for this thing, uh, for, 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 for becoming more, more green and, 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 and a cleaner and helping the environment to, to become a cleaner place, despite the fact that the truth of the matter is that if you think about it, the one who has the most impact on polluting the world are probably the ones that will have the most impact in stopping the pollution. So might as well have them join the game, becoming a, a, a part of the players who want to become greener and cleaner, and then the impact would be even higher than those who are starting now with a startup and nobody 
nobody knows them or it's harder for them to, to, uh, to, to penetrate the market, et cetera. So from that point of view, I could tell the startups that join me, listen, I already have two legs or three legs within these markets. Come join me in. I'll help you get to the market faster. I'll avoid all kinds of mistakes that you might be doing in the development because I have these industries that will be supporting you and telling you and, and, and giving their, their advice about all kinds of things that, that, that not, you might not be aware of because you are very focused on, you know, on developing your new technology. Uh, so I think this partnership could be, you know, it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. Uh, the partners get exposed to new interesting technology and of course the startups uh, get to the market much faster than they would be getting to it uh, without the support of, uh, of our partners. And I, could, I, I think that if we just look at the uh, uh, use cases of the startups that already joined us and, and the one or two that already, you know, uh, that are already past a few months within uh, uh, the ESAL uh, uh, system and program, you could already see the, the high uh, 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 results and, and successful of, uh, of these startups. Uh, so, that's great, so, Ellie. I, I just want to say thank you. The, the point that you made is really, really important that um, at the source of the most pollution is the source of the most saving. Uh, and it's almost like a call, uh, you know, a call to prayer of like, everybody come and find all these carbon polluters and let's fix it because they are the ones who are doing the most damage they could do the less, the most saving. And I, I take that point strongly. It's interesting, you know, I was just listening to a podcast the other day. Um, it was going into the history of um, some radical environmental organizations in the 70s in America uh, who went on a campaign to blow up <laughs> physically uh, fossil uh, producers, factories, slaughterhouses, things that were on the other side, right on the dark side. And they became the first what was known as environmental terrorists, okay? Um, because that, that was the authorities called them because they were quite radical in their ways. They weren't trying to kill people. They weren't trying to do people terrorism, uh, but they were trying to do environmental saving by whatever. And the fact is that um, at the end of the day, the impact on that, they obviously caused an outcry and they, they stopped a lot of projects, um, but they, they wasted massive resources as well. They burned to the ground massive resources and they caused huge anti-right feelings which I mean, in certain towns that were trying to do certain things, they destroyed the livelihood of the town. So that, I'm just throwing it out as an example where we sometimes want to be radical um, and we sometimes love the idea of being radical, but I think uh, what I'm hearing in your approach is we need balance. We need some longevity. We need some long-term thinking. Um, and we know that we can't, I mean, and we saw it now with Ukraine, for example, how uh, everyone was like, hey, Europe, throw away your refineries. That's so old fashioned. And suddenly life changed in a day and let's try to work out how we're going to survive next winter. It's by bringing refineries back online and getting back our nuclear plants. So anyway, I take your point. I think it's important, but um, you know, it kind of goes back to the Jewish value of repentance, right? Do, do people have an opportunity to repent if they've made mistakes or if they've done things that are not great? Um, and there's a fundamental kind of positive uh, belief that people can do that. In our context, companies can do that. Companies have done things, um, whether with great intentions or bad intentions, whether they've only caused, they cared about profits or anything else, they, they, they did those things. And now we can, we've got to sincerely see if we can get back and do the right stuff. So this is the challenge of our time. Listen, um, I want to start going um, the last couple of questions because I could speak to you for a long time, but I respecting your time and mine, we have to try and cut it quite soon. 
Um, if you had to give a short answer to my previous scenario of the startup that comes to you and says, help me, where do I start long-term, short-term, high-tech, low-tech? Uh, what is your feeling for what they should do right now in this current marketplace and this current funding marketplace? So, um, the answer to your question, you know, it could, it could vary between different startups and different, um, uh, uh, and different uh, technologies too. But uh, I would say in general that um, uh, partnering, since this is a highly regulated uh, uh, market, and, uh, and as I said, the cycles could be pretty long, uh, partnering with the right uh, partners from the beginning could be very, 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 very important. Um, and, and that's on one hand. And on the other side, I would say that the product, product market fit uh, that's another thing that um, uh, you should be aware of as a startup, uh, because we don't we don't even know yet. I think all the models and business models for some of these uh, developments, uh, because I think the economy would be changing uh, accordingly. For instance, all this carbon-based uh, uh, market yes. and um, and uh, circular economy. These are things that will cause different business models and, and different trends as well. Um, uh, so, so being able to, you know, I, I spoke before about giving the right incentive to corporates and to people, okay? So that at the end of the day, um, even a new technology or new development needs to be uh, pointing the right, uh, uh, either the right pain or the right incentive of, of, of either a person or a corporate. And you, you manage to address that specific pain, or, or alternatively, the, the the incentive. It would be much easier for you to to, to penetrate the market with your new uh, with your new technology. Um, um, so that's like a very very general, I would say. Uh, an okay, I agree. It was an unfair question, so I'll let you get away with that. Okay. Um, one or two things in closing. Uh, when you look at Israeli green climate tech companies. How do you feel they are comparing on a global scale to entrepreneurs uh, in Scandinavia, in all over the world, basically, where we're seeing lots of action and Israel has been quite late to the table? That's also a complicated thing to answer because there was, um, like I said, um, this, your question now involves not only uh, ability to adapt new technologies, but also it's a question of culture. Uh, and the culture is a bit, uh, I would say, is a bit different here than in other places. Um, uh, the awareness here, I think, uh, in Israel, uh, to the green space is a, bit, a little bit uh, behind other places in, uh, uh, in the world. Um, it's, it's not due to the fact that we are very different as humans. It's because of the, uh, I think, geopolitical uh, uh, environment that we live at, uh, uh, a little bit to do with... Uh, uh, you know, the pyramid of Maslow, uh, we are in a, in a lower part there because we have to still, uh, you know, take care and uh, uh, our security is a bit, uh, uh, is a bit different, uh, uh, different, sorry. So, uh, so, so I would, I would say that that would be the main reason, but still, uh, we, we are on the way going there. On the other hand, uh, we are very, very innovative and very, very highly uh, um, uh, close to, to adapting new technologies. So I think uh, there was a good um, uh, potential here, and I could see it 
with my other two partners, which I didn't even talk about, EDF and Justin Matthew being global players and still believe in the Israeli market and the Israeli uh, ecosystem uh, ability to uh, come out with new ideas to, to solve these, these climate uh, uh, worldwide uh, crisis uh, uh, challenges. Uh, so, so, you know, combining these things together, uh, I think uh, the opportunity here is very, 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 very high. And uh, uh, in, in, in partners like from the kind of ETF and John Tomati are the right um, uh, entities to, to partner with in order to be able and see what's going on there uh, uh, in the world and being able to get closer the technology to the world and the world to, uh, to the Israeli uh, innovation ecosystem. Okay, so what I'm, what I'm hearing is that I should actually challenge you with a couple of uh, amazing clients who've got great technologies and challenge you and see if you and your partners can just pull it together. Is that the challenge that I'm hearing? Well, the truth of the matter is that the main challenge for my, on my day-to-day basis would be um, trying to combine between different, uh, um, uh, I would say, uh, organizational uh, um, uh, cultures, uh, which are different between the three, uh, between the three partners. And within, within each one of these corporates, you have to know exactly how to deal in the right way in order to get the, the cooperation of the specific person you need when helping a specific uh, uh, startup, uh, because that's my main focus. When I say tell a startup that joins me uh, that we'll support him, I actually mean it. I don't, I don't just give him the name of EDF, Fazan, or Josamati. I actually give him people from these and experts from these corporates that will help him. And these people are very busy people that I have to take them out from their day-to-day uh, uh, operational uh, uh, role and, 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 and try to get them to, to support a, a startup. Um, that would be my main challenge if you ask me, uh, trying to get to each one of them within each one of these corporates. I think we're pretty high success so far. But this question would, I think, uh, should be addressed to the startups themselves and ask them how much are they happy in, uh, with this uh, collaboration with TSAL. Okay, great. I've got so many questions, but I'm just going to have to end it. And I'm going to have to end it with one final unfair question. And that is that if I happen to be <clears throat> the owner of the genie in the bottle, and I could give you three wishes of how you think you could make the most impact and make the world a much better place for your grandchildren, Give me three if you can, three wishes that you would want to wave that wand, call that genie and change some things in a big way. Okay, so there could be quite a few of them. Um, first of all, I would be more than happy that things would move much faster uh, than they move today <clears throat> in all aspects, okay? The technological development, if we could do it in a much higher pace than what it's being done today, I would be very happy because this way we could get bring the solutions much faster to the market. If I could get the cooperation of, <clears throat> and of, of, of both uh, um, uh, customers and suppliers of, of new technologies to adopt the technologies, that would be very uh, 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 helpful as well. Uh, so anything we could do much faster in order to make our vision become reality, <clears throat> okay? Uh, uh, and everything on the way, that would be something I would be uh, uh, very happy if that uh, could happen. Of course, uh, uh, that might be a problem, uh, you know, to, to, to get that uh, from different, uh, from different, uh, for different reasons. Um, 
and 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 another thing is uh, <clears throat> to put aside all the you know uh, old school assumptions uh, regarding the different uh, uh, developments that are being done to come very clean and uh, clear about uh, new developments that are being done. Uh, uh, it could uh, being open-minded about them uh, could help us adapt uh, some very interesting uh, new solutions uh, uh, and make this 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 world become really a, a much better place to to live at. Uh, if I have to end with the biggest wish I would ask Jim to do is being able to um, <clears throat> to be to make all the energy in the world being clean energy by using the sunlight, uh, you know, in a nutshell, uh, and just uh, doing like this and uh, having all the energy and everything, uh, all the resources in the world uh, being uh, uh, <coughs> generated on clean energy, that would be great. Okay, well, listen, Eli, I, I share this vision and this hope and this optimism because I really am in the game of, we can transform this place with great technology and with great, a willingness, you know, and a, a good a good willingness to change things in a sincere way. And I think there are a lot of people who are trying to do that. And there are a lot of good minds who are trying to do that. And I really share your optimism. I think we're going to be looking back when we, uh, in 20 years time, and we're actually going to, wow, we did it, man. We did it. So, yes. I want to thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure chatting and conversing on this issue. There's so much more we could talk about, but we've got to end it because we all got to go on with that work. And so that's all. I'm wishing you all the best um, and continue with a new good season in ESIP and bring in, uh, bring in new, new, new uh, client companies or new portfolio companies and working with your partners in constructive and good ways. I'm hoping we'll be able to cooperate on many levels as well and we'll continue the conversation. Sure. So all the best. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll be in touch soon. Thank you very much, everyone. Again, thank you very much for the opportunity. Uh, very very uh, uh uh interesting and and it was great talking to you about all these things and yes sure if you were if you want to do this again i'll be very happy thank you for listening to green focus we hope you were inspired by the episode remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts in order to stay updated when future episodes are released